All 193 countries of the United Nations have declared it a concern of all nations, and the European Space Agency has made tackling it a key priority. Now, ESA and the UN have joined forces to highlight this topic of global concern, space debris. I'm Rosa Jesse, editor at ESA's Spacecraft Operations Centre in Germany, and in this podcast series, we'll speak to experts on space debris, space policy, space law, and more. Each podcast episode comes with a corresponding infographic, beautifully illustrating the issues raised. Find them in the podcast notes at isa.int slash space debris or at usa.org. Episode 1, Satellites versus Debris. Just how much of the stuff is up there? With Tim Flora and Natalie Ricard. Numbers in this episode are correct as of autumn 2020. So my name is Nathalie Ricard. I'm a scientific officer in the space application section in the United Nations Office for Outer Space Affairs, which is the entity in the United Nations Secretariat that is dealing with space affairs. And we are based in Vienna, in Austria. Um, yeah, my name is Tim Flora. I'm the head of the Space Debris Office at ESA, European Space Agency, and I'm based at our Space Operations Center that is in Darmstadt in Germany. Hi both, thank you for joining. Um, So this is the first episode and it would be useful to set the scene and give an impression of the space debris environment. So Tim, maybe you could begin. What is space debris? Space debris is everything in orbit around us that is no longer functioning so that can be spent upper stages uh, satellites that are no longer functioning uh, and also tiny pieces that unfortunately have been created out of fragmentation that we call them so that maybe collisions or explosions of these objects in space and then unfortunately there is now quite a number of them in orbit Um, we have the possibility to observe them and track them from ground and um, there we know of of about 26,000 objects um, where we know precisely where they are and that's everything larger than roughly 10 centimeters in in size and uh, there's much more unfortunately that is smaller. Uh, We know of around 900,000 of objects larger than a centimeter from our models and uh, if you go even to smaller sizes, like millimeter size objects, we know of from the statistical models of around 128 millions that should be out there. And even these small particles can be a problem. So whenever you launch a satellite in orbit, you have a rocket, which usually has several stages. And then the last stage of the rocket is really what brings the satellite into orbit. But then this last stage of the rocket often just stays in space afterwards. So that's why you have a large amount of those objects which are still orbiting the Earth today, and they are they are pretty big. So uh, there's about 1,915 nowadays that we can track, which are still up there. And then, of course, whenever a satellite stops functioning, it still stays there. So unless we have an active action to remove it from the orbit, then this defunct satellite is just going to stay there and keeps orbiting the Earth. So these are probably the biggest objects um, together with the rocket stages. 
then of course there can be a whole range of small debris that can be pieces of satellites for instance um, that can be tracked and then there are all the fragments which are like well millions of them which are much smaller but which are still dangerous anyway because of the the, the potential impact on other objects yes there is um really a problem with the enormous uh, velocities that we have in orbit. Even small pieces of a centimeter in diameter have, due to the velocity and energy upon collision with the intact object, that it is enough to destroy the entire satellite, even if it's only a few centimeters in size. And by, by that, we have to be aware that uh, such collisions have happened in the past, also between big intact objects. And the most prominent one was in 2009 when two satellites collided. Um, that was Iridium-33 and Cosmos-2251, just for the numbers here. But they created then several thousands of small fragments. And each of these fragments can again cause another uh, such a catastrophic collision, creating more space to be that we that we uh, call it. And um, there's even a term for it. It's called the Kessler syndrome, and that means the the, the creation of new fragments out of uh, a collision with an old fragment. So it's like a snowball effect. So when you have indeed. one, indeed, this is yes, correctly. It's an exponential growth that we would observe there, and then um, that orbital environment, this shell, I would call it, would not be used anymore as usable anymore, as you said, uh, Nathalie. So we are not there yet, um, fortunately, but the density of object is increasing rapidly and we have to be extremely careful how we continue using space in the future. The, we have to think of sustainable use uh, that I, I'm fully subscribing to and we have to mitigate the creation of new space debris. And in addition to that, even if we would have full adherence to the known mitigation rules and guidelines in place today, this would not be enough. We have to even now to start taking out big intact objects, those that have the potential to fragment in thousands of small objects, and that we have to do via active debris removal. Yeah, the scale of the matter up there is quite unimaginable, really. And I understand that altogether it's about 8,800 tonnes of space debris and about 2,700 working satellites that have to kind of uh, live alongside all of this junk and, and weave between it. And Natalie, the UN does quite a lot of work in this area. Could you talk a bit about the UN's role when it comes to space debris? Yes, so the UN is promoting a responsible and sustainable behavior in space because we would like to make sure that we can keep using space for usable satellites. And what we see is, of course, the number of, de of debris has been increasing tremendously over the years. So, uh, well, we really need to do something about it. And the Office for Outer Space Affairs supports the development of policy. So uh, we have the Committee on the Peaceful Uses of Outer Space, which is the entity in the UN uh, that gathers all the member states to talk about uh, space affairs. And so the, the committee has developed space debris mitigation guidelines that were endorsed by the UN General Assembly in 2007. So basically it's a document which is promoting a responsible use of space and what to do to prevent um, increasing the numbers of, uh, of space debris uh, in, in particular and what you can do about this. But also the committee has been working on guidelines 
from the longer term sustainability of outer space. Uh, and these guidelines were adopted by the committee last year. And Tim, maybe you could talk a bit about um, the direction of travel that we're going in. So, of course, when people first launched missions to space, they didn't think about this at all. Now we're much more aware of it, uh, but there's also a lot more being sent to space. So could you give us a bit of an overview about of where we are and where we seem to be heading and where we need to go? Today we are really uh, facing enormous and... Uh... Yeah, game-changing developments. Um, um, we have started to roll out large co uh, constellations of satellites, thousands of objects. Some years ago, we had a total of on the order of uh, 1,500 uh, satellites. But now we are launching hundreds of satellites every year. So we are now having, soon we will have more active satellite than defunct satellites in orbit, which is good if we also manage to bring them down safely. And of course, a, a, a good way of mitigating uh, the risk of space debris is taking out the objects at the end of their operational life, if you still can do it. The, 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 the approach is there, and we have to see that this is uh, uh, these guidelines are followed um, in, in the future. And one thing uh, which is probably coming up there is to consider space as a as a resource and um, and any resource has a certain capacity that you can use it and there are technology developments in the area of a, of a kind of a sustainability rating and there are very interesting developments um, to to look into how much of the resource you are consuming with your mission and that will be in, uh, very interesting to follow up in the near future and this is really uh, where we where we should go Okay, so now is the time for some action on the part of organizations all around the globe. And ESA is doing quite a lot of work in this area. And as you mentioned, the active debris removal, and also there's automated collision avoidance. That's something that uh, the Space Debris Office is working on. Yes, Rosa, this is correct. Um, in ESA, we are also an operator. So uh, one of our objectives is, of course, to operate our own satellites safely but also to help that others have the technology to operate safely. And we take this up in a space safety program. There we do studies with industry and academia, and we uh, build uh, new solutions to the space debris problem. But also collaboration at international level is extremely important, in particular also a technical level. And there we have something with the IADC. This is the Interagency Debris Coordination Committee, where the agencies, space agencies, work together and uh, Found, have technical consensus on guidelines. And these are then taken forwards uh, and um, to, uh, to other standardization activities. And that, that is what is really required, that we speak the same language and have this, the, the, the same goal and have access to the technology to mitigate and remediate the space debris. Yeah, it really seems like there's a lot, a lot of um, ingenuity in this area, lots of new missions being dreamt up as well. So is there anything else that either of you would like to talk about that we've not touched on? I think it's important to explain that at the moment, there are a lot of activities on Earth talking about sustainable development goals and, you know, how can we meet sustainable development goals and improve um, the, the situation on Earth. And I think it's really important to also make sure that space will remain usable for future generations. So it's really important to look at how can we ensure the sustainability of space activities in the long term. And it's an interesting time because we have a lot of new capability. Technically, Tim was mentioning active debris removal, for instance. 
So there's a lot of new missions coming up. There's a lot of testing happening. And we're really going to go into the direction of making sure that we can reduce the number of debris being produced and then possibly also take care of those who are already up there. Excellent point. Uh, I can only support this as well. Just as a little experiment you may you, you may do when listening to, to us uh, chatting here, just think of how life would look today if we would have no space infrastructure available. Uh, think of, of course, the, all of the amazing possibilities we have by using space, but also think of the little things in daily life. Think of global navigation systems. Think of Earth observation. Think of the much improved weather forecast, but also things about the hidden Uh, space infrastructure in our daily life, like synchronization of clocks that help us in, in doing uh, global uh, global trading. And now imagine this would not be available anymore. Um, that is something which should bring us to the point to be very much aware how precious uh, space as a resource is, and but how limited it is and why we need to protect them, exactly as Natalie said, in a sustainable way. And uh, with that, we will manage the, also the problem of space. So thanks for listening. You can find out more about space debris and the work being done to tackle it at isa.int forward slash space debris and at usa.org and follow the hashtags spacecare and space sustainability on Twitter to join the conversation.